So, I feel like the first thing we should talk about is how we even got into F1. Because we're not European. And we don't live in that country whatsoever. That's true. That's true. So, how did we get into F1? Well, it actually started with you. Because you are a Netflix connoisseur and are always watching documentaries. And... I think you just started randomly watching it one day. It popped up for you as like an ad or something, right? Yeah. Yes, it was. In fact, it's it's interesting because I love documentaries. And just one day I was at home and I was uh, searching documentaries. I saw this thing that said Drive to Survive. And I'm like, oh, no, another type of racing uh, documentary or what have you. And when I started watching it, I, was, I think I was hooked within the first couple of minutes of it just from its intro. So I immediately called you and mom. Mm-hmm. And I think the first person was Daniel Ricardo. Yes. I think he started off the whole thing and I feel like he's like a ball of sunshine. And I was like, ooh, this looks very interesting. And then mom was like, and there's a cute driver. And I was like, oh, I'll watch this. Yeah. Let's see Let's see what happens here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I first liked Daniel. <laughs> That's not he, your reason. He, he was the first one on there. He yeah. was on the first one on the, on the show and uh, we carry the same name. So that was already an added incentive. Um, but yeah, I knew you were going to like the show because there was a guy in there that had tattoos and, um, and I know how you are about that. And so, yeah, it was, uh, it was just interesting though, just the fact of, uh, what they were doing and it wasn't just necessarily about driving. It was about behind the scenes as well. And that, that's what really caught my attention. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the times with sports you pick on or you latch on to, an athlete, but you don't know what happens behind the scenes, like with the team principals or whatever. So then when you learned like the rivalries and how many countries they travel to, it kind of got you hooked. Plus, nobody around us knew about it yeah. or talked about it. So it's kind of like this foreign world that we had stumbled across. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think we were kind of like the lone wolf amongst our friends uh, because when we would talk about F1, they were like, what? Those cars that just go around in circles. So it was just a whole big to-do to tell them how, you know, they don't just go around in circles and the art of the actual race itself. Um, and some learn to like it and some still don't. So, no. you know, hey, that's okay for us. Yeah, they still make fun of us a little bit, but that's okay. But I feel like we should bring up our favorites because people would assume that we like the same people no. or the same teams. No, no, that's um, not the case. And we're very opposite, and so is mom. So you should say all of your favorites first. Oh, well, that's... To me, it's easy. My, my first favorite, when I first started watching the show... Um, well, the first one was actual Daniel, mm-hmm. uh, because that was the first um, the first episode. So I, I liked him, but then I started really quickly learning the other ones. One of my favorites, right off the bat, right after Daniel, um, was Lewis Hamilton. And um, he is still one of my favorites to this day. Um, but I would have to say if I named my favorites, my three top um, uh, drivers mm-hmm. would be um, Hamilton. Mm-hmm. It would be uh, Ricardo. I really, really like Ricardo. And I know this is going to throw some for a, um, uh, for a, a, a little loop. Um, and I don't say it much around the house. But I like Checo. Checo is, is, a, is an excellent driver. Um, and, um, I think when I learned a little bit more about him, his history, um, his viciousness behind the wheel, um, that really got me going. I really liked it. And he's Spanish. Yes, he is Spanish. So that is just yet another added incentive. Interesting. Cause mom always cheers for Checo. Um, no, yeah. Very opposite. My top three drivers, 
I would say number one is Lando. Has to be. He was my first favorite. Okay. Only a year apart in age. Yep. Incredible. Um, second favorite would have to be Leclerc. Okay. Okay. Um, and I think the third is Sites. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like both teammates. Uh, I don't have a favorite amongst them either. Yeah, I um, I noticed that uh, last year yes. in 2022, there was really no clear-cut favorite uh, with you in the Ferrari team. No, I am happy when either one of them wins. I like it when they let them race each other. Um, and I think Seitz has only been there for two years at Ferrari. And I think he has already got his first win. So I think they're both incredible. Yeah, I, uh, I would have to agree with you. I think uh, uh, Ferrari is definitely a strong team. I didn't see them as being extremely strong um, when I first started watching the sport. Yeah. Um, uh, but then uh, they really, really grew on me. And um, I do have to say, if I was going to rate Leclerc and Sites, what I see is uh, Leclerc being hungrier. Now, that's not to say that Sites is not hungry. Yeah. Um, but I see Leclerc, like, really wanting that championship. I really saw that a lot last year in 2022. That really uh, came out a lot for me uh, when I was watching him in his races. Yeah. I think that even more so now going into 2023 season, I think he even probably realized how much more so he wants it because he started off so strong. And then it just kind of... You know, the disaster of the strategy happened. Oh, no. And oh, it no. didn't really go anywhere. But I would love if he kind of took the lead this season and really was fighting for the championship. Yeah, well, one of the things that I do like, though, is um, there's a lot of mention right now about they're going to let them fight. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a, a clear-cut favorite in that team just yet uh, for 2023. So um, I think that's a good strategy. I think that's a very good strategy because... What it really does is it propels both of them to do even better. And, and I think that that's, uh, that's going to be very important for the Ferrari team going into 2023 and uh, years to come. They're two very young drivers with a lot of experience uh, behind them. And they're two excellent, excellent drivers. So let, let's see what's going to happen. So would you say that Ferrari is one of your top teams this season? No. No. <laughs> No, I would. Uh, I think that if I'm going to rate teams, um, they would definitely be in the top three. Okay. They would definitely be in the top three. But if we're talking about top three teams, um, I'm going with um, I'm going with uh, for, with uh, with Mercedes, right? Um, for sure, I think Mercedes learned a lot in 2022. Uh, Lewis Hamilton learned a lot in 2022. So I think they're going to come back uh, stronger. You're talking about a seven-time world champion. Um, he's not driving just to drive. No. He's driving for championships. So I see uh, Mercedes as definitely one of the top three, uh, maybe even a front runner in 2023. Uh, Red Bull, uh, let's face it. I mean, they have an excellent driver in Max. Uh, Checo is an excellent driver. And I actually think, I actually think that Checo on another team would be the main driver. Yes. Uh, so you cannot discount Red Bull for sure. Uh, and then I'll, I'll definitely put uh, Ferrari in there. Uh, again, two young drivers. They're they're both hungry. Um, it's just, we'll have to see which one of them is going to be hungrier this year. I know. And it's also, too, like I remember last year when the season started, Red Bull, I think the first two races they had DNFs. Yes. 
And so I think that plays into a part in it as well because obviously your drivers can be great, but if one of your strategy is not working out or you're on the wrong tire and then a mechanical error happens, then you're kind of like, in essence, screwed, no matter how good your driver is. So that's going to be interesting. But I would say my top teams this year are not Red Bull. Um, Sorry, Checo. Um, I would say it was going to be... Obviously, Ferrari. I would love to see them succeed. I would say McLaren. I want to see if they progress more. I think like last year, they took a step back a little bit. um, And I would love to see them do well. And then I think Mercedes. I think Mercedes is going to have a really good comeback story. Mm -hmm. I think both their drivers, obviously incredible. And... I want them to change their narrative because I think they did good for so long and then last year happened and it was kind of like, oof, like that was, that was a little bit of a bomb. Yeah, that was, uh, I, I will say that um, on Sundays that was not very, um, you didn't want to be in our house on Sundays. No, everybody um, had a bad mood yes, after the race. Uh, after the race, we, we all had bad moods, but you know, we got over it. Um, I still love the season last year. You can't discount what Max did. No. Um, he was, uh, in some races, it almost looked like uh, he was racing with rookies. Um, uh, he just would come out of nowhere and very calm, cool, and collective. Um, love him or hate him, the man is a good, good racer, a good driver. Yeah. But I will ask you this. So, so let me ask you. Uh, if, you're, if, if you're naming drivers and you've given us your, your top three, what... What uh, let's go into top five. Like, what would you who who else would you add into that? Oh, top five. I'm trying to think of who else is going to be good this year. I I want to see Pierre Gasly do good. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was with Red Bull for I think it was ten years. He mm-hmm. was signed, and you know his story is crazy about being promoted and then you know going back to AlphaTauri. I would love to see him do good at Alpine. Maybe beat Esteban. Ooh, okay. Um, in his first year. So I would look out for him. And then, uh, ooh, who else is a good driver on the on it? I don't even know. Yeah, that's, that's, it's a hard one. It's, it, it's a hard one. I'd have to go with what you're... I'd have to go with Pierre as well. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to see him... Um, you know, he made a bold move in, in switching teams. Um but he obviously saw something there at Alpine that he really liked. Um, and what I like about these guys, these guys aren't racing for money. Yeah. They're, they're, they get paid well, but they're racing for championships. And, and um, so I, I see that in Pierre. I see a hunger in Pierre. The only drawback that I would see in that team is I know that uh, between him and Ocon, there's yeah. been a little rubbing of the knickers. <laughs> um, so I, I, uh, I could see where... You know, that might come into play, but if the team principals keep that under wraps, yeah. I, I think that they have a good team. I think that they have a very good team. All right. I know my number five. Okay. Alex Albon for Williams. Okay. I, I like that. I think he's his second year racing for Williams, and I think he pushed that car. He was in the points a lot of the time, and his new teammate's going to be a rookie, and I would love to see him kind of beat his teammate. Yeah. Yes, I would. Uh, that's the American, correct? <laughs> yes, the that low, is the American. Americans out there. Well, I, I will say um, I like Alex Albon. If for anything else, he carries our favorite number. 
<laughs> number 23. Um, and uh, but but he's a good racer. I will tell you, I do like I like the liveries yes. this year. I I, I like it, and, and I I switch over to that because uh, one of the liveries that I really appreciated this year was that of Williams. I I liked their livery. I'm not taking away from the black coming back. I was gonna say I'm not taking that away, but. That Williams car is looking good. Yes. It, it is it is ran by a Mercedes engine. Oh, okay. So I, I am I'm wanting to uh, see some some big things coming out of them. Um you know, in, in sports it's one of those things that um you may not be a champion, but you definitely want to see progress and you want to yeah. see yourself, your team, um uh the, the camaraderie, everything do better than the previous year. So I think that they um they have a big mountain to climb, but I know that I feel like they could do it. I really yeah, do. I think one thing about I don't know why for some reason last season I don't remember the liveries or us or me paying attention to them as much as I did this year and like waiting for them and putting them in my calendar and stuff. But I was disappointed because I felt like a lot of them had black, and I was like, I hope that they're not going more towards everybody having black for the factor of the weight. Because then the cars could easily start to morph into the same. Yeah, yeah, it's that carbon fiber, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I see. I know Toto had a, a nice piece on that uh, regarding the carbon fiber. And um, let's face it, uh, all these teams are going to try to capitalize on anything that they can to decrease the weight and increase their speed. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I do see that. And that's, that's very interesting you bring that out. Because I would hate to see all the cars be black. Yeah. I, I would just, I would hate that. I mean, how do you follow your car? You don't. Uh, it, yeah, that would be, that would be crazy. But I, I, I do see the, maybe the FIA coming out with something in the future where maybe there has to be a certain portion. That's painted. That's painted. Yeah. Um, you know, and that kind of keeps everybody at, at check. Do you um, think that that will give Mercedes an advantage? Because almost their entire car is already black. Now... I really don't think so, and I'll tell you why. I, I, if you look at the Mercedes car, yes, it is all black, mm-hmm. but not all of it is carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have some paint on it. Um, uh, in fact, uh, I do feel like they may have a little bit less paint than maybe some other cars, but I haven't really quite uh, looked into it to see what the other cars have. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you, that black is beautiful. It is beautiful. Hopefully, uh, they can return back to... Uh, where they were at in um, 2020. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it uh, the, the year that they were in black was just unbelievable. I think that last year was the only year that they had a silver car. I think they've always had black. And I think that's how Hamilton won all of his championships, oh, was in a black okay. car. And then he was like, let's try to switch it up a little bit. Like, let's maybe do silver. Um, and the then Silver they... arrows, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Didn't work out too well. No. So we're going to go back to black. Yeah. But I love Ferrari's car. Okay. I well, love it. Why. I think that they have the old school Ferrari logo on the wing mm-hmm. of the back of it. I think that looks super cool. They have a great balance of red and black in it. And they have like the Italian flag, the colors, in a couple areas. Um, and also, I thought their car launch was by far the best car launch. I agree. I would have to agree with that. Um, there were some car launches out there that were just a, a little dull. Yes. Um, uh, but then again, I mean, 
they're focusing on their cars going fast. Yeah. And uh, the car launch is just an added incentive. Uh, what I am looking forward to, uh, now that you were talking about car launches and, and we were talking about the liveries, it, it didn't seem like um, it, it, it was good as far as for that time period, but they're really just teasing us. What's coming up this week is the performance of these cars. Yes. What do you think about that? I'm super excited, but I always have this doubt in the back of my head that do the teams and the drivers really go at 100% during testing or do they hold back a little bit because they don't want to show all their hands? I, uh, I'd have to agree with you again. I, I don't see why they would want to show all their hands. Um, there's nothing in it for them. Yeah. There's really nothing in it for them other than to go out there and test their cars at a high speed. But is it the highest speed or the highest performance that those cars will run. Um, I do remember last year, though, uh, when they were doing their testing uh, a, a week prior, um, before the season started, and Hamilton did come out and said, uh, Red Bull and Ferrari are looking extremely strong. Extremely strong. And so for me, um, that, came out to be, that came out to be true. Yeah. Uh, th- those were the top two teams last year, um, which was a little... A little annoying because I'd like to see some other teams really in the mix. Um, I think that the, the FI is working hard at uh, seeing that that happens. But uh, yeah, so I, I think I think pra- uh, practice next week is going to be good. Uh, we'll see what the performance comes out to be, and and we'll see who's going to really have a run at this championship next year. I really hope, like you said, that it is multiple teams and multiple drivers. I think in twenty twenty one we got incredibly spoiled by the driver championship that it literally went down to the last race and the last lap. Right. And so I think last year, 2022 could have almost been perceived as a letdown Mm -hmm. because, you know, Max, I think he won. He almost broke the record for how many races you can win in a season. And he almost just trailed off by Japan. They were like, Oh, he's the world champion. Mm -hmm. So I hope that this year it goes down to, the last race, and it's like maybe three people that could possibly win it. Yes, I, I, I think that he probably did um, break that record as far as wins in a season, I, I believe. You know, it's it's uh, it's funny because in 2021, you were mentioning how it went down to the last race, really the last lap. Unfortunately, it seemed like um, uh, someone else caused the win, and, yeah. uh, and Mike I could all, I could still remember Toto saying no, Michael, no. Um, but it is what it is. You know, yes. you move forward and and you you live to fight another day. I I know that one thing that we don't do here in this house is uh, when we're having dinner. Three things that we don't talk about is money, religion, and Abu Dhabi. No, we will not talk about that. Um, that creates some bad memories for us. Uh, but yeah, I, I think um, I'm really excited about this year. I I feel like. Uh, we have some teams that really, really feel that they're in the mix. Uh, I will uh, say on another note, one of the letdowns that I have had so far before in this young season, before the season even gets going, is how McLaren came out with a statement that said that they're not going to be they're not going to be very um, competitive uh, yeah. early on, and, and that I don't like. No, I feel like in if you're a competitor or if you're into sports or maybe just in life. You don't knock yourself before you start going. Yeah. Like you don't. You're not going to be like before I start the race. I think I'm going to go in last place. 
But we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, do you ever wake up in the morning and say, this is going to be a bad day? No. No. I mean, you you tackle it head on and, and make the best of it. But I, I really feel like they're not just letting themselves down as as uh, uh, for the drivers. They're letting themselves down as a team. Uh, imagine everyone that's putting a lot of hard work into it. And that's that's not really something that you see out of a championship team. And I feel like that's also probably a letdown for Oscar Piastri. He signed, this is his first year in F1, and then to have your brand new team make a statement that they're not quite sure how competitive they're going to be in the first couple of races, it's kind of like, well, man, what did I sign here for? Right. If you're not going to be as competitive as maybe you were implying to be when we were, you know, having talks. Yes, I, I, I'd have to agree with that. And that's that's where I said it's, it could be a, a very big letdown for, um, for the team. For the drivers themselves. I mean, they're almost going to start doubting themselves before they get going. So, yeah, I, I didn't like that move. Um, I, I really didn't. No. But I, I let me ask you, as far as teams are concerned, drivers are concerned, if we focus on the bottom three teams, who do you think is going to come in the bottom three this year? Oh, no. Um, I think Aston Martin. Okay. Um. I don't follow them as closely as I probably should. Um, I don't want to say Williams. I would love for them to get out of it, but I feel like they've almost, in a kind of way, cemented over the last couple of seasons being in the bottom three. And uh, I think Alpha Alpha Tauri. Um, I think uh, I think you're right. I I do. Um, I think Alpha Tauri might uh, might be one of those. I see um, Aston Martin. Um, being one. Another one that you didn't mention that I'm going to throw in there as well, and I, I got to tell you, I like the drivers, um, is um, is Alfa Romero. Oh, Botas. Yes, with Botas, Botas. Oh, I tell you. But, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see much coming out of them as far as uh, breaking into the top five. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they may not be a top three team, I mean a, a bottom three team, um, but I, I just don't see them doing much. This is not a sport that you want to run in the middle of the pack. No. You you, you want to be a Ferrari. You want to be a Red Bull. You want to be a Mercedes. So you put that work in. And I, I'm sure that they are, but they just haven't cracked it. What about Haas? Oh, Haas. <laughs> Gunter. Gunter. Oh, what about them? I tell you, Haas is just another team that, for me, I really started liking. Because when I started watching Drive to Survive... Uh-huh. They've really focused on Gunter. They and, did. And he is a character. He is. He is a character. Um, but yet he's professional. Yeah. And and I like the way that he, he drives his team as a team principal. He drives his drivers. Um, and he, he just really tries to squeeze, squeeze the very best that he can out of them. Um, Schumacher's no, no longer there. Yeah. Um, uh, but they still have a, a, a team that I think that... Uh, could score some points. And I, and I actually see them in the top five. You think so? I see them in the top five this year. I feel like I started paying more attention to them when Magnuson got that incredible pole position. Oh, do you remember that? I feel like that was like the most happiest moment ever. Like you saw everybody being like, oh my gosh, congratulations. Yeah, yeah that, I, that was that was funny and sad at the same time. <laughs> I, I, I was so excited for him. In fact, I think that that race... He came in eighth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, We're not going to talk about the final <laughs> result there. 
But he, he, uh, good he, job, he, he even shocked himself. I think he did shock himself. He shocked himself. Yeah. That he came in first. Um, that, that was a, that was a crazy race. Um, but that was, that was good for him. Anything is possible with these drivers. Anything. So going forward to the next race, first race is in a couple of weeks. Who do you think will get pole position in qualifying? And who do you think is going to be on the podium? Oh, okay. I think the podium question is probably easier for me to answer. Uh-huh. Um, but I'll start off with um, pole position. I think pole position is going to go to one of the Mercedes. I, I, I really do. I, I think um, George Russell has proved himself to be one heck of a driver. In the same machinery last year... He outdid a seven-time world champion. Yeah. Um, that's saying a lot. Yeah. That's saying a lot. He outdid him in points, a concern, and in podiums. Um, so I, I, I see him picking up where he left off last year. Uh, as far as um, podiums are concerned, or uh, I think that the podiums... I think we're going to have two Mercedes and one Ferrari up on the podium next year, in, in the next couple of weeks. I really do think that there will be... Two Mercedes and one Ferrari. Which Ferrari that is, I don't know, but I'm kind of leaning a little bit more towards Leclerc. He came out already, as of recent, and said uh, his goal is a championship. And anything less will be a disappointment. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he's got that fire in his eyes. Yeah. But I think that uh, George Russell also has that fire. And uh, Hamilton has never lost that fire. So I think he's back to prove something this year. How about you? Yeah. I think... That Hamilton is going to get pole position for the first race. Um, And I think for the podium, I'm going to say there's going to be one Mercedes, one Ferrari, and one Red Bull. For the podium? Yeah. There's going to be one of each. Oh, well, I, I... And I don't know. I can't say which driver. I don't see Red Bull up there just yet. Remember, they had some sanctions, I guess you could say. Oh, yeah, um, with the wind tunnel time. And uh, that wind tunnel time, um, that's affected them. Yeah. Um, but at least Max the, could be third. Max can be third. Um, I I think the direction that uh, the, the Ferraris are taking is they want to squeeze the Red Bulls out. Um, they know that they're still, they're still going to be a, a, a fighting uh, team. But I think that their main focus is that they have to squeeze the champion out first. Um, and they proved last year that uh, that they could squeeze a seven-time world champion out regardless of the issues that Mercedes had pretty much for the entire year. So I think that their focus is mainly on squeezing Red Bulls out. I don't see Red Bull being up there the first, the first race. Really? Yeah. That would be... I think it would be a turn of events if Checo was on the podium and not Max. Oh, wow. You think Red Bull would allow that? Um, Now, I know it's a little controversial. I I don't think that Christian Horner would allow that. But I think with what happened in Brazil, with the whole, you know, team radio not moving aside issue, Mm -hmm. I think it would be a really incredible if somehow Checo in the first couple of races was somehow outperforming max okay well i know we're going to talk about this in future podcasts but i just want you to start thinking about this (laughs) that whole incident yes where max would not move aside Mm -hmm. for checo did that get under your skin yes yeah yeah it did 
it really got under my skin. You, it got you, under mom's skin too. Yeah, <laughs> it, it did. It did. I, you don't not in this sport or any other sport, you don't win on your own. No. There are coaches, there are teammates, there are teams um, that are there to help you along the way. And um, you have to be grateful for those individuals. And so I didn't see that in that particular race at that particular time. Um, but we're going to talk about that later. I know we're going to talk about that in some future pod podcast. Uh, but when we do, stay tuned because that's uh, that'll probably get um, a little a little heated. Um, well, let's, so let, let's let's just talk a little bit more. Tell me your favorite race, your favorite race last year, mm-hmm. and your favorite venue. Man, I was going to lump those two into the same answer. Yes. Um. Honestly, selfishly, I have to go with Austin. Yes. Because we were there in Austin for the first time ever. We flew over there and it was an incredible experience. First of all, just hearing the cars when they get on the track. It's something that I don't think any type of audio could do it justice. And to be also surrounded by thousands upon thousands of people who are also emotionally invested into the same sport as you, I think you can't describe that atmosphere. I, I would have to agree 100%. Um, that was one heck of an experience for our family. Yeah. Uh, flying down there to Austin, and you know that it takes a lot to put me on a plane, mm-hmm. but I'll do it for F1. He did it, no problem for that yes, one. you got that right. But I, I'll tell you, the, the, the entire weekend was, was excellent uh, from... Friday when we got there, the, just the different festivities um, at the racetrack uh, to when they did their practices, their qualifying. Um, in fact, that weekend was a weekend that they were trying on a new Pirelli tire that they're going to be using in, yes. uh, I believe, in 2023. Uh, but uh, the race itself was just unbelievable. I believe that over the three days, um, there was over 460 thousand people there yeah that was nuts it was wild it was packed i think we could go into a whole story about that weekend because as many pros as there was about the race there was definitely some cons i know what you're talking that we came home and we were like oof i need a nap after that yes i uh i (laughs) i know what you're talking about let's leave that for some yes that that, that's going to be a podcast all in itself literally And, and i would love to have feedback uh from our listeners on what they think yeah. um, about that. But but going back to Austin, um, in general, it was a, it was a nice time, wasn't yes. it? It was, uh, it was exciting. Um, the race was unbelievable. Um, let's see if you remember who won that race. Carlos was had pole position. He didn't win, though. He got a crash. Max won. I think because Lewis Hamilton almost won that race. Yes, yes. And you were like, ecstatic you were like they need like five more laps man and he's got him I know. and then the yeah. race ended but you know what people's true colors come out <laughs> because we were sitting there right at pole right at the pole yes and um at, at the starting line and even red bull fans were cheering hamilton they were um so that was that was pretty interesting to see uh i there was a there was a few laps there that hamilton led in first place um, and we really thought this was going to be good. Their strategy had to be spot on. But yet again, I mean, although that was towards the end of the season, the, their car still wasn't where it needed to be at to win races. No. Um, so, you know, that, that was a shame. But 
I think Mercedes learned a lot from it. They, yeah. They learned a lot from it. But I will say, going back to the favorite races, that definitely would be my favorite. Um, Austin yeah. um, would, would be my favorite. And selfishly, because we were there. Yeah, obviously. We, we, we were there, and that was uh, that that was excellent. But the, the city in itself. I was going to say, we got there on a Thursday. And even just the city alone, you're not even near the venue. And there's flyers everywhere for F1. There's pop-up stores. People are wearing their merchandise. And everyone's like, oh, are you here for the F1 race? And you're like, yes, we are. There's signs everywhere. Like, we went to a coffee shop, and the sign said Max is number one. Yes, I know. And I was, was like, was ugh, I don't like this coffee shop anymore. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you got to call him Ace and Ace. I mean, the man is good. Uh, you know, it, it was interesting. I, I know that uh, in our time there, I don't think that there was anywhere we went that there weren't F1 fans there. Yeah. Um, we would have lunch, dinner. Breakfast anywhere we went, there were F one fans everywhere. Yeah, and that was exciting in itself. Now coming to this season, there's going to be three races in the U S. Okay, Miami, Austin, and Vegas. Which race do you think will be the best out of all those? Well, I have to put my selfishness aside uh, because I'll go back to Austin. Um, but. You and I just recently came back from Miami. Yes, he did. Um, that was uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful city. Yes, um, I could see how uh, F one will do great there. In fact, I think they just signed a uh, long term contract to have um, uh, the races there as well. But Las Vegas, I've also been to Las Vegas, and and this will be the first race there. That's going to be a big party in itself. I'm not so much about the party as I am about the race. Yes, I think that they're, I obviously understand why they're choosing the cities that they're picking in the U.S. Because they're party cities, they're tourist cities, people flock to them. But that's not the main premise of F1. It's not about like the party afterward or the clubs afterwards. It's like you want to see them have a good track and a good race. And I think that with Vegas, they're just building the track, I think, around the strip or on the strip. So I wonder how good Will it be for racing? Right. Well, I mean, it, it's a sport where it's going to uh, grow. Yeah. Uh, here in the states, um, and that's proven by just the, like as you said, the venues that they've selected. I, I I see Las Vegas being around for a for a while. In fact, I also believe that they just signed a contract with Las Vegas uh, to hold the races there before they even have their first race. So I'm sure there's going to be certain things that they may have to tweak. Yeah. Um. But I, I, I would say that that's going to be a good venue, uh, a good venue as well to have races at, depending on the track, the way that the track is. A lot of these drivers do not like street tracks, right? Um, so those places that you're uh, Miami and Las Vegas, those are going to be street tracks. Mm-hmm. Austin is the only race in the states uh, without that's not a street track. It's a, it's a set track there, and 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 that's um. That's nice to see. That's nice to see that not all the races here in the states are uh, street tracks. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll be looking at the races. I know that if we're not there at the race, we will be looking at the races regardless. So I selfishly get kind of salty whenever the Miami race happens. Why is that? Because we live in Florida and Miami is not that far from us. Right. And it just feels like a crime to be in the same state that a race is happening and you're not there. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I'd agree with you. I mean, it's, it's not that far of a trip for us to get to. Um, but, um, you know, Austin was further. 
Off and, and further. And we, you know, we had to jump on a plane to get there and we got there and that was, that was still incredible. I could only imagine how uh, the vibe in Miami is during race week. I know. Um, that, that, that should be probably pretty crazy. I heard somewhere in an article that if you want to go to an F1 race, you go to Austin. Okay. Because Miami is big into like the parties. Like you see from the track, they had like, you know, a fake marina. They had pools people were in and mermaids and all this stuff. And people were almost distracted by that and not focusing on the race. Whereas Austin, there really is no distractions. There's not a lot of decorations or like fluff. Yeah, it's, That's it's there. pure racing there at Austin. And you know, you, you, you got a point. I do remember seeing in Miami, uh, there was a big pool at, at, in, a, in a particular area, kind of off this marina, and I saw people in the pool. And I started thinking to myself, there's an F1 race going on, people. What are you doing in the pool? <laughs> yeah. You know, but, um, you know, to each their own. Yeah. And, and they may, it may be something that they're, they're not interested in. Uh, those tickets could have probably gone to... A lot of people that would have really wanted to see that race, but uh, yes. in fact, I think um, that first race was won by Max. Oh, that of course, first, it was. that first uh, U.S. City race, and this year is going to be the same thing in May. Uh, we'll see how uh, that track does. Again, I, I I understand that they've made some modifications um, to make the track uh, somewhat better, more competitive, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So, um, what do you think uh, about F1 for twenty twenty three? Where what do you think? Uh, it's going to be this year. I think it's going to be incredible. I really, I mean, I hope it's incredible. You never know. I hope it honestly keeps me on the edge of my feet or my seat. That's the expression, as they say, mm-hmm. um, as 2021 did. I think that one we were looking forward to every race, every qualifying, every practice. And I found myself last season at a certain point almost expecting Max to win, which is no knock to him. But I love when I'm surprised by who by who wins. Right. And so I hope that this season surprises me. Yeah, I I, I want to see the same thing. I'd like to see a duel uh, between three, four, five teams. Uh, the more teams, the better. Um, because it keeps everybody fighting. Yeah. Um, this year, towards the last three racers or so, they were fighting for second place. You know, and, and although that was a good uh, fight between uh, Leclerc and Checo, um, it was it was already locked up. Yeah. And uh, will we ever see a a twenty twenty again? Um, I don't know. I don't know. But I will tell you, it was it was fantastic for the fans. Yes. It was fantastic for F one in general, and that uh, that's what I'd like to see. Now, the last question is. How do you think season five of Drive to Survive will be? Well, I haven't started watching it. No. I haven't started watching it, uh, but I am. It comes I, out in a week? A week. A week. I, um, I've i seen uh, some highlights of it. I've seen how they're naming the different episodes. Oh. I If it's, if it's going to be anything like the first four seasons was, mm-hmm. were... I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Yes. It's going to be uh, pretty exciting. And um, Netflix puts out a very, very good product. So uh, they have some other documentaries that are out now as well uh, regarding sports. Uh, but for me, my favorite still is F1. And anytime I talk to any of my friends, I'm telling them you got to watch Drive <laughs> to Survive. I've gotten a few of them hooked on the sport. 
just by watching Drive to Survive. So that's that that's pretty good. Those episode titles did them dirty. There's an episode title that has, I think, Daniel Ricardo as the face, and it says, "Nice guys finish last." Oh, I bet you his gut is hurting from that punch. The best was that he commented on the Instagram post that Netflix did, uh-huh. and I think he said, "At least I'm a nice guy." Oh, and I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> leave it to Daniel." I was, leave it to Daniel. I was like, "I didn't know I needed this battle until it happened." Yeah, I tell you, I, I. One thing that I don't, I didn't want to see this year, um, but it is happening, is that Daniel Ricardo is going to be a backup driver. Yes. I didn't want to see that. And, and he's a nice guy. I think he's an excellent driver, excellent driver. I would have liked to see, have seen him at another team to show the other teams what they passed up. Exactly. Um, and, and I think that he would have done extremely, extremely well. Um, but it also makes me a little nervous as to what is Christian Horner up to yeah. by making him a backup driver to that team. We know that Max is going nowhere. No. So who's left? Checo. Checo. So I I don't know. Yeah, Max's contract I think goes to like twenty twenty eight. Wow. Yeah. So he's he's there for for a long time. I think Checo's contract is either one year or two years. And we know that the contracts can easily be broken. Yes. Uh, yep. We, we know that all too well with yes. what happened this past year. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, I don't want to see that happen. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's a business. Yes. And, um, you know, Red Bull, uh, just because they won the last two championships and they won the constructor this past year in 2022 – doesn't mean that they're hanging up their tires and saying, okay, that's enough. No. They're, they're thirsty, they're hungry, um, and they want to uh, go for a three-peat. I see, I see no reason why not. So um, they're going to utilize the best drivers that they can with the best car that they can put on the track. 100%. I agree. I agree. Do you want to do an outro? Yeah. So please don't forget to follow us on TikTok. I think he... <laughs> Yeah, you want me to say the outro? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say you have to like say so that's the end. Oh, okay. <sighs> no. Okay. I can cut. I'll cut it. Okay. So thank you guys so much for listening to the first episode of After the Lights. It means so much to us, and please don't forget to follow us on TikTok at After the Lights F One. I am the one posting on there. I'm just going to say that right now. It is all me um, taking the credit 100%. And also, please like, leave a comment for us, and subscribe to our podcast because you'll be hearing from us very often on here. Absolutely. We want to know what your thoughts are. Is there something in particular that you want us to uh, talk about? Uh, Maybe get our opinions on? Um, We love, love to hear from you. Um, Thanks again for tuning into our our first F1 podcast at After the Lights F1. And we look forward to uh, many more podcasts to come. Hey, you killed it. <laughs>